Hello and welcome to the PFRS podcast. I'm your host, Eric Dahl, and welcome to the first episode. All right, I'm here with the founder of The Attitude Nation, national champion Olympic weightlifter, a husband, father, author, and coach, my dear friend, John North. How are we doing today, sir? Hey, good morning. Edal94, Eric Dahl, thanks for having me on, brother. appreciate it. Good morning. appreciate you good coming morning. in and being my very first guest on this, uh, my first podcast I'm doing on my own. Hey, man, I, uh, it's a pleasure. Very first show for you. It's uh, it's an honor to be on your first podcast. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, I, cheers, 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 cheers. To the show, brother. We're bang right now, and I can see you. I know that uh, this is um, just audio show. So, but what they can't see is we're drinking some bangs right now, and I'm excited to be on your podcast. All right, thanks, brother. Yeah, so let's uh, let's jump straight to it. Let's uh, let's talk about some current events. You know, before we yeah. dive into the meat of it, but what's going on in your life? What's uh, I know you got you guys got moved down to to Texas and and you're waiting on your house. What's uh, how's training? How's life? How's uh, how's the business? More importantly, yeah, brother. So you know, love your life or change it, man. You know, we decided to to pack up and leave Oregon, um, and here we are in the Woodlands, Texas, Springs, Texas, and uh, just about forty five minutes north of Houston. Uh, my wife has an amazing teaching job here, um, which was a big factor of leaving as well. Um, and so she's ex- she's ecstatic. She's loving it. My son Lincoln's in school and Liv, she hangs out with me all day. You know, she starts uh, she starts kindergarten next year. So, but you know, I I coach from home uh, here through Facebook uh, and through Facebook Live when we do live sessions. And so I'm in the hotel. We've been in the hotel for about a month. And uh, we got a month to go. We move into our house November 1st. So we have the animals and the whole family, the whole North family here in a little hotel room. Um, you know, but hey, I mean, people live like this, man. Yeah. You it's, know, it's, a, it's, it's like a studio apartment. Basically. It's and a tiny home I, living. Yeah. I said, hey, I could live like this forever. Honestly, we're close. You know, we've never been closer. You know, some might look at this as like, oh. You guys are cramped in a hotel room. That sucks. It's like, no, this is awesome. I mean, we're, we're, we're together. We're close. And, you know, we're, we're on the journey of life together. So, you know, I'm happy. I'm content. I could live in this hotel forever. But we are looking forward to getting into the house. And, you know, I just decided to leave Oregon because, you know, I, I just wanted to live, in a, live with more freedom. We'll put it that way. Yeah. No, I, I don't blame you. There's a kind of like a mass exodus from quite a few states and they're either going to Montana, Ohio, Texas, Florida, you know, there's a lot of people in Oregon and Washington right now. They're hightailing it. Yeah. You, you, uh, you led off with love your life or change it. You guys came up with that. That's, isn't that Jess's? Yeah. Saying, Jess or is came that... up with change it. Yeah. We lived our, we've lived our whole life, you know, with that philosophy, it, you know, hence why we're in Texas. Yeah, you know some some my gypsies, you know the north the the north family moves a lot, but you got to understand too is that, you know when we move and we make a change in life, it's not saying that the the past chapter was bad, 
No. I think people get that twisted, Eric. Of, oh, they're they're moving away from a bad situation. No. I, I, the last year and a half living in Oregon, living in Primeville, because we went from Denver to Primeville. Mm-hmm. The last year and a half has been the best year and a half of my life. Has been our as as a as a unit, a family unit, the best year and a half of our life. Primeville has been the greatest place we've lived. Yeah. So if you're listening, thinking like, well, why would you move? Well, we move because it's it's, it's time to change it. Um, we feel like we could love life a little more, you know, out here in Texas. We feel like there's some more opportunity. There's more. There's bigger benefit. Um, you know, like I've talked about, the freedom is appealing, which I was correct. It's like living on a different planet out here. Yeah, I'm sure. And so forth. It, it's not a bad situation. It's just we seize the opportunity to make a move to a situation that would be even better for our, our family unit. So, Absolutely. you know, sometimes I'm like, pivot and make that decision. And, you know, obviously being a pro weightlifter for so long and being on so many, you know, pro teams and, you know, being on Team USA, I've had to move quite a bit around the country. Yeah. So, but we definitely want to make roots here, though. You know, I, my son is in first grade now, and I don't want to move him out of a district again. So yeah. this was it. No, that's good, man. I mean, you got to look at it as you guys bought a really nice house in Prineville, you know, almost a brand new house. It basically was brand new. And you fixed it up and you made a a pretty darn good profit on it. And, you know, used that to move into a, I'm assuming, a bit nicer house for the same amount of money. So mm-hmm. you're getting, yeah, Je- made- Je- Jess made a good jump into a better job and it's not a bad choice by any means. I mean, we we made, I think, right around $180,000 in the house. And uh, and Jess has got a huge pay increase as far as salary for her job out here. Um, living's cheaper out here. Yeah. Obviously, there's more freedom here. My kids get to go to school and pl- live life and play sports without masks and not be, you know, obviously going to school online. That's another big factor, you know, in school learning is important to us. Oh, absolutely. Uh, God, country, everything that's preached here on a daily basis. Uh, and I could go on. I'll stop yeah. there. But you're right, though. I mean, we made, we seized the opportunity that was in front of us and we made the jump. Yes, it was scary. But my advice to everybody listening right now is make that leap. You know, sometimes you gotta, sometimes you gotta do it. Now, look, I'm not gonna lie. We've made moves before. And after some time, we're like, ah, this was not the best move. Yeah. Ah, this is not what we thought. Yeah. I'm not at all that every move and every decision in our life the past, you know, 16 years has been perfect. Yeah. But sometimes you got to take shots, baby. You know, now that my son, like I said, though, is in kinder- or first grade, I think taking those shots are now over. You know, we made a decision this will be our last move. If we ever do move into a new home, of course, it would be in the same area here. But, yeah. you know, once you take put kids into the equation, it does change. Uh, but then again, on the other hand, look at Paul and Meg, you know, a military family. They're moving all yeah. across the almost every year being a military family. So my hat goes off to them. I mean, my son has already taken this move a little hard, leaving his friends from Primeville. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's six years old, so he feels it. He knows it, you know, but uh, he's already loving it out here. So that's great, man. So <clears throat> you said you were on world teams and, and national teams. I know you won nationals. Um, back in what, 2011, right? Mm. Um, so 
after that, I mean, that, that pretty much set the stage for your future choices in business, in life, where you moved, what teams you went to, what coaches you went to. Let's, can you take me through the choices and decisions that after nationals set the course for you to, for your next big move? And what was that? You know, attached to my name a, a lot of times, like in this podcast, is national champion. You know, John, you won nationals in 11. It's like John North national champion. And, you know, I respect you saying that, and I appreciate that. I'm humbled by that. And I and I, I do love that next to my name. Um, well, you earned it. Because it just took a lot of blood, sweat, and tears to receive that title. But what a lot of people don't realize is that there's a lot of fifth places, fourth places, and silver and bronze medals that go around that that title. Oh, absolutely. Close losses, you know, body weight ties, epic battles, meets Bomb outs. Bomb outs. And so, you know, ever, you know, ever since basically from 2009 through 2014, being with USAW, you know, there's just um, – at a high level, I should say, when I turned pro in 2009 um, – there's just a lot of the silver, the bronze, the force, the fifths, the the bomb outs and stuff. So it's it was a fight constantly, yeah. You know, to become national champion. But I want people listening to know, Edal, that there's a lot surrounding just that 2011 era. Even afterwards, I mean, I won 2011 nationals, and then the following year in 2012, I took bronze, mm-hmm. and the fall after that, you know, I took silver, and I could go on. So yeah. But those talked about. It's interesting how those medals go to die. You know, but those were a lot of hard work. You know, it took a lot to win those medals. It took a lot to even take fourth and fifth place at times. Oh, yeah. But those just kind of seem to be buried six feet deep, and they're just the, they're just they're ghosts. Um, so I always like to mention that it takes a lot. Um, it's, it's always sometimes good for an athlete to sit back. Like anybody listening right now, no matter what level you're at, to sit back and appreciate your hard work. And, and all of the medals that you've won, even if it's a bronze at a local meet. You know, my biggest pet PV doll is people just don't appreciate the work they've put in and what they've taken out. Yeah. You know, and well, I want it, everybody happy with the work that they've put in. And, of course, they, they have more to do. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about summiting and, and you know, your where, where's your next base camp? But if you look at, you know, mountain climbers and whatnot, the – the pinnacle of anybody's career climbing career is Everest. And if somebody climbs Everest, they kind of, they forget all the different mountains, mountain peaks that they've been to in the past, because it's not like somebody just goes like, Oh, I'm going to climb Everest. Right. They go, Oh, I'm going to climb Mount hood. Oh, I'm going to climb Mount Rainier Rainier. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to go down to South America and summit down there. You know, that it's a, it's a whole process to get to that point. And like you said, Everybody forgets about those. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, look, it's a rodeo. I mean, it's it's you get into the sport, you just got to realize it's a rodeo, mm-hmm. and you got to fight for the opportunity, you know, to, you know, to take, you know, to take those medals when you can, get on that podium when you can. Uh, it's not going to be given to you. As far as moving on from there, look, I look at it as doors, Edaws. I I went down, I opened doors. Yeah, I was curious. And I opened doors and I explored different different avenues that led to an unfulfillment for the most part. So and, and basically, 
is that those those doors led me down a path that had high highs and lows. Mm-hmm. In the end, brought me back to my start. It looped me all the way around to the root of weightlifting, to why I started, to authentic simpli- simplicity is king weightlifting. It took me way out all over the place and then landed me right back here, Attitude Nation Barbell Club, weightlifting, that's it. Just the root of it all. Yeah. I don't know. I was curious. So, well, let's uh, let's explore some of that. You know, your decisions to uh, to take on seminars. I know you and Glenn and Donnie had done seminars in the past, but when you stepped out and started doing and arranging and putting on your own weightlifting seminars as a business, um, I mean, that took you all over the country, all over the world. You know, how did you get to the decision to to do that, to say, you know what, this is a great opportunity and we're right at the forefront of this market, like you've, you've said in the past, the free market of weightlifting. How did you make the decision to get into seminars and then what was your takeaway on how and why to step back and out of it? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Well, first of all, athletes, there's never been an athlete to do seminars. It didn't exist. Yeah just didn't exist. And I, and I think that is why I had a lot of rocks thrown at me and hit me constantly mm-hmm. in, in this endeavor, just cause it never happened. You know, I, I was, I was an athlete that said, I'm going to put on seminars and we did it and people were taken back by it. It started the free market of weightlifting. I mean, I'll even say it, you know, um, me and my wife, Jessica activated the free market of weightlifting. There was zero free market of weightlifting. Zero. No, every, zero. everything was ran out of uh, out of Colorado, yeah. right? Yeah, everything. There was no seminars. There's no clothing line. There's no straps. There's no podcasts. There's no YouTube videos. There's zero. And so all of a sudden, me and my wife Jessica put these things together, saw the the opportunity with these doors, and you know walked through them. And, uh, it was great. Um, and it, the cool thing about it, he it wasn't necessarily really us. It was more of the people reaching out to us saying, Hey, come to my gym, you know, put on a, yeah. put on a clinic, put on a seminar, let's get some people together. So then me and Jess kept getting these emails constantly back in the Cal strength days. And we got together and said, wow, you know, maybe we should go out to Arizona and do this seminar. Maybe we should go up to Redding, California and do this seminar well, what's the model? How much do we charge? How does this look? We had these long conversations and yeah, we first seminar ever in Redding, California. The second one was in Arizona. And then they just started once we did one and we posted it on social media, it just blew up because then it snowballed. Then every other gym was like, Oh, let's have North and Jessica out, you know, John and Jessica out and let's do a seminar as well. What, what are these seminars? You know, wow. An athlete doing a seminar on team USA. What is this? Yeah. And so the, the, the snowball just rolled and we just did more and more and more. And I mean, first they started out with, you know, seven people, then it was 12 people. And then all of a sudden I was walking into Jim Z doll with 50 to 60 people at a seminar. Jeez. And that was Saturday. We get in a car and we drive three hours, stay in a hotel and do another one Sunday. You know, we did one Saturday and Sunday almost every weekend for, for four years straight. Dang. 
So um, it's, you know, the seminars were a little bit of a double-edged sword. Um, we made a ton of money. Um, we met amazing people. Yeah. Um, we got to travel the world. Um, but on the other end, you know, the seminars hurt my lifting career. Um, you know, the seminars hurt my marriage, yeah. you know, um, because the kind of the fame, the traveling, some of the drinking, the partying. Yeah. The airplane life, um, the income, the self-made middle finger to the world, Johnny Cash type person I was kind of, you know, not just turning into, but was Yeah. It's, uh, not, not the best for my marriage. I am very grateful I got that all out of my system and learned from my mistakes before my son was born. I'm so happy that this time in my life was before my children. Yeah. So I now here as a, an older, wiser humble Christian man and look back and be like, wow, at least that was pre pre children. But, um, it, yeah, affected my marriage. You know, me and my wife actually had conversations of getting divorced and I'll just be transparent because that lifestyle can really corrupt you and it can get to your head. And I'm just being straight up transparent to you. Yeah, oh, yeah. It, was, it was great. We met great people. I, I mean, there's so many pros to traveling the world doing sold out seminars. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. And I was pretty young at the time, and I was not really that mature, and I just it just got to me, Edal. So, looking back when I talk about the seminars, it's it's it has mixed emotion. I wish I can kind of go do it all over again if, um, if if I could. Well, the good part is, and and I think the takeaway from that for you shouldn't necessarily be a negative thing. I mean you can definitely look at at your choices and see them as failures and you know you just being able to admit that this this and this went wrong right and you had to make decisions and choices to change and pivot and in the long run you ended up halting your seminars for the most part for a few years i mean when i when i met you 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 didn't put on a seminar for I don't know, probably a year and a half or two years. And it was shortly after you were in the hospital and died and came back. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it was, it was a long time. And I remember having a few talks with you and Jess or being involved in those talks. And when you were deciding whether or not to even do another seminar. Yeah. Um, now how did those, how did all of this roll in? I know you guys moved to North Carolina, right? Mm -hmm. right yeah. around that same time and started your first gym well you're the only gym so far you haven't started another one yet you're a muscle driver in north carolina oh that's so, right <clears throat> yeah we were at muscle driver for about close to um well close to two years mm -hmm. and and then split from muscle driver and then opened our own gym in charlotte yeah okay so what are your what are your takeaways i know you and i have talked about opening gyms and um, you and one of your old friends were going to open one on the east side of Oregon. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, I still want to, I, I, I want to open one out here. Yeah. I, calling to open a gym is, it lives within me. Um, sorry, I'll let you ask the question though. No, it's okay. Um, I just want to know what, obviously the second part of my question was, would you do it again? But what are your takeaways from that first, that first experience of opening your gym 
as a young professional athlete because you still were yeah. competing back then. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how would that translate into opening a new gym and also the way that you the way that you conduct your current barbell club as opposed to how you how you trained and coached back then? Well, I just bit off way too much than I than I could chew. I mean, that that's that was my biggest downfall back then is I was doing too much. And that's my personality is I have an extreme personality, something I've been working on, especially the past five years um, to, you know, finding more middle ground in my life and, and balance yeah. and controlling this extreme energy that is inside of me. I don't know what it is, but back then, I mean, I just, I walked down, I opened too many doors. Yeah. You know, I, I owned my gym in Charlotte. I was still on team USA competing internationally, competing at a high level nationally. I was doing seminars at the same exact time all over the world. I was hardly even there at the gym. Yeah. Opened up a franchise to Attitude Nation gyms, which we had two at the time. So I was traveling out opening gyms as a franchise. I didn't know you guys franchised that. Yeah, we had two gyms. So I was doing grand openings at two different gyms. Then we had our level two and level three camps that we were doing um, all over the country. Jeez. Clothing line, podcasting everywhere. Um, what else? I don't know. There was probably something else. So... You know, it just was too much. Yeah. You know, it was just too much. And, you know, I was young. I had a lot of money. I had a lot of, you know, internet exposure. And yeah. I just said, I just wanted to check all of the, the, the box that said all of the above. I just wanted to attack everything. I wanted, I wanted world takeover. I wanted just to, just to attack everything and give it my best. And it came from a good place because I truly enjoy doing all of those things. Yeah. You know? But it just was too much, and it, it spread me thin, and the gym suffered for it. Um, and so going back, I would just do the gym. Just do the you gym. Know? Just do the gym and compete. You know, I wouldn't do the clothing line. I wouldn't do the, the affiliations. I wouldn't do as many seminars. Probably, I'd probably cut them down to like twenty percent. I'd probably do like three a year. Yeah. I wouldn't camps. And I would just focus on the gym. So now with my barbell club, I have Attitude Nation Barbell Club. I'm a weightlifting coach. That's it. Yeah. I don't do anything else. That is my job. That is my MO. That is my title. That's what I love. That's what I do. I'm a one-trick pony. That's it. You know, yeah, we have our own clothing line through Aaron Torres on the team. Of course, I do a podcast. Every once in a while, I'll do a camp with Donnie. You know, I'm doing the Element 26 camp in Florida. You know, once or twice a year, maybe I do a seminar, yeah. but that's it. And so I just, I'm, I'm more focused on the sport of weightlifting, authentic weightlifting with Team Attitude Nation. And, and that is the, a life changer. Plus the fact that I'm humbled now. I'm a Christian. I have 10 toes down. I have two kids. I mean, I've been a, through a lot in life. I just have a different viewpoint of, of life as a whole yeah. compared to 2013 and 14 and 15. So, um, That'd be, that'd be my answer. You just got to focus on one thing and attack it. If things branch off from there, great, but you have to attack and put your chips into one, uh, endeavor and go for it. So on that, with putting your chips into one big, huge endeavor, let's talk about the AWF. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I know you probably thought we were going to talk about it. There's been a lot of bustle within the community, I guess, if you want to call it that of 
you and Jess possibly bringing it back. Um, don't necessarily need to get into the, the decision to leave USAW and how that came about, but when you guys looked at a, at starting your own federation, yeah, how, how did you go from, okay, we're going to do this to, to your first meet? I know it's a, it, it's a long and drawn out process, but what was the what's that was the core of it for you and Jess to say, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. Well, the AWF came about where I realized, especially doing all the seminars, that 90% of the athletes I was teaching at these seminars didn't compete in weightlifting. They loved weightlifting. They did it in training, but they mostly did it for CrossFit or just because they liked to do it. And so with everything going on with USAW back then, mm -hmm. I thought to myself that weightlifting is a sport that's owned by the people, not a federation. Absolutely. And it really clicked. It just hit me. I was talking to Jess. I was actually with Travis Mash. We were driving home from the Arnold in 2013, and it just hit me. I said, this is a sport. Nobody owns the snatch and clean and jerk. You know, what gives them the right to attack the bar slam and to attack certain people and to, you know, cause all this drama and to act like they're the gatekeepers of weightlifting? Yeah. You know, USAW is a federation. You know, IWF is a international federation of weightlifting. But weightlifting is weightlifting. Yeah. It's snatch clean and jerk. Nobody owns it. You know, look, strength conditioning uses it. CrossFit uses it. I mean, yep. think about it. I mean, people use the snatch clean and jerk in all different training um, methodologies. Yeah. And I mean, you can go, you could do that, right? Yeah. I mean, you can see it, you can see it right now with, with the whole uh, arm bend and press out. You know, they're trying to I mean, nationals. What? No, AO2, right? AO2 just happened. And the Olympics, like they're what they're doing is they're muddying the waters with the press out, just like they muddied the water with the bar slam. You know, like you're trying to control something with the, the to the finest point that doesn't need to be controlled. I mean, I, I understand safety and other things like that, but come on now. And that's that's kind of why that's why we're we're talking about this and why some people are talking about the AWF coming back. Well, because I said to Jess, I said, "We'll just start our own federation." Yeah. Why not? It never even occurred to me that you could do that. So it occurred to me. I said, "Well, we could start our own federation, not just our own meets, but our own federation, and run it with music, and run it with hype, and run it with fun, and get a get a." Get a DJ and an awesome MC and do awesome venues too. Yeah, um, in different locations and just really don't make any changes. I mean, if you've been to an AWF meeting back then, you know we ran eight of them mm -hmm. all across the country. It was IWF rules. There was nothing different besides just a type of energy and feeling. That's it. Yeah, and that's what people want, man. They just want to have fun. Yeah, you could say we'll just do the same thing with. Under a USAW sanctioned meet. Well, that's what we're doing with me and you is the Kilo Chasers meet coming up in July here, June or July in Texas as we're finalizing yes, the details. But so I get that. But at the time it was more, well, let's just do our own thing. 
And yeah. so I retired from U- Team USA and USAW, mm-hmm. officially retired, and then started the AWF, and it was a hit. I mean, eight meets all over the country and fire locations, and it was the biggest thing since sliced bread. It was huge. We had a blast. Um, and I think that's why a lot of people right now, E-Doll, are saying, hey, bring it back. You know, let's let's get it going. Um, the only problem with that is we talk about, you know, spreading myself too thin. Mm-hmm. Just got done saying, you know, Team Attitude Nation Barbell is is absolutely on fire. I mean, yeah. we have the best team in the world. We show up deep to every meet. We have high competitors from beginners all the way up to elite level lifters. And we have yeah. an amazing team. And my my chips are pushed into Team Attitude Nation. And I don't want to spread myself too thin. And yeah. that's what I about was starting the AWF. Now, I do think looking back, there could be a listener thinking, well, geez, John, if you were just more grounded, m- mature, and wiser, you could have achieved balancing all of the things you were balancing. And I agree. Yeah. I, a, I had an alcohol problem back then. B, I was young. And I didn't really know how to handle all of this fame and success and money. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. I was in a crack house. Yeah. If it's my full story, you know, it wasn't that long ago. I was in room two. Yeah. I figure out what to do with my life. And all of a sudden now here, I'm on a plane going to Paris to do a seminar with a hundred people for yeah. all straight. I'm, I'm on my way to Australia to do a, a month sold out tour in 13 different gyms. Jeez. What? You know, I mean, it was, it was, a lot for me to to process and I actually I never had time to process it. I don't think anybody like anybody can really understand what that means. I mean unless you're unless you're a recording artist or a comedian or you know somebody who's been on stage and knows what it's like to go on tour for something but mm-hmm. to be a weightlifter, right? You're just doing your the sport that you love and it's not even really I mean you're it, it's a at your level, it was a professional sport, but you weren't you weren't getting ma- paid a million dollars to compete. Mm. For you to have the opportunity to fly to Australia or Ireland or yeah. wherever and have an all expense paid trip for a month, and all you got to do is go talk to people about the thing you love, lift some weights, mm. and essentially, you know, just have a good time. You know, like people don't understand what that can do to this to a person's psyche. It's intri- it was intriguing, but the thing that the thing that was too is that I wanted to push the limits. You know, I started with the hit and catch drill on YouTube. Every- See, everybody in my opinion was too scared to put some out. Yeah, there was the old part of weightlifting, and athletes basically shut weights, shut your mouth and lift weights. What do you know? That was it. That's why there was no free market in weightlifting. When I say when I say zero, I mean zero. Yeah. So I said, hey, film me out back. I want to do a hit and catch drill. People like, what? A hit and catch? That's not in the USAW handbook. I've never heard of that. Wait, the athlete doing a drill? So I put it on YouTube. What is it, 800,000 hits right now? A million hits? Something like that. Views? If not more. Literally at the time. Well, and reposts it, and reposts. I mean, I put that video out on YouTube. That was like my first thing, you know, as yeah. far as just me producing something for people as far as like technique and my philosophy in weightlifting. And I mean, it, it blew up the internet. Yeah, it it literally exploded, and I'd say it was probably sixty percent bad, forty percent good. I mean, I had sixty percent of the people just throwing eggs and rocks at me. Yeah, and, and and rotten fruit, 
you know, on, on at me on stage. And it was death to John. Who is, how dare you? What is this? It was unknown. Wait, yeah. podcast, blog. Wait, he's doing clinics now. What is this shirt that he's come out with? Like, oh, part two of the hit and catch, the Superman pull. What is this? Archangel. What is this? This is not in the <laughs> And so people hated me for it, Edal. They hated me for it. They still do. They still do hate me for it. So, But I came out there and I said, I'm going to push the envelope. I'm going to do this because nobody else is doing it. Yeah. You know, why not? Why can't an athlete go out there and express himself? And so I did it. I took all the rocks. But now look. Now look. I'm not going to try to sit here and toot my horn and take credit for anything. But maybe I had a little something to do. But now look. It's a giant free market of weightlifting. There's podcasts. Yeah. There's videos. There's YouTube. There's instructional. There's videos. There's crazy technique drills. There's seminars. I mean, you name it, it's being done. You just got to have the guts to go out there and freaking do it. You want to move? Move. You want to do that podcast? Do that podcast. You want to make that technique video? Make that technique video. You know, you want to do it? Do it. You know, that's, you know, that's my big push with a lot of people is, you know, love your life or change it, man. Change it. Yeah. I mean, that's, you gave me a chance to be on your podcast a couple of years ago and it really changed the way that I looked at just being involved in something that I was passionate about. And, yeah. uh, and here we are today. Very glad. Yeah. yeah. Um, so with all that said, going into, uh, a new venture, right. Mm -hmm. And having an, an idea, where did you find the drive to carry on after an idea you had or a plan, um, something that you really thought was a good thing that you thought was just, it was going to go. And I mean, just, just knowing your story, there's not very many things that you did that didn't take off and, mm -hmm. and go. But if there was one thing that, that just didn't, didn't catch on and didn't hook, but you really, really, really thought it was going to, um, what was it if, if there was one and how did you, how did you have the energy and the drive to carry on and pivot into the next thing? Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good question. I, I, I think, so I'll, I'll list them off here. Bodybuilding was something that was dear to my heart and that I wanted to do, which I did, but realized that it was hurting me to a certain extent because people, my foundation is weightlifting. Mm -hmm. And I was going down more of a cloak off path of still competing in AWF meets. Yeah. Still weightlifting at seminars, putting on basically a show for weightlifting at the same time, training and competing in bodybuilding kind of more of just this gym rat monster, yeah. big and buff lift weights, you know, all over the place it's there. And I just feel like, I feel like I was a little lost at that point too. I mm -hmm. was, I, I was feeling Eric that I was looking for a different identity an image and yeah. with the bodybuilding mixed with the weightlifting, but I still had a weightlifting team, but it wasn't a barbell club with USAW and yeah, I was going to these seminars and 
never felt like I was a part of anything because I was always almost like I always felt like it was rent a John because I'd go to these seminars and it was like there was just renting me for the day, just taking taking things from me. And then they, they moved on in their great community. And then I left. Yeah. And then it was their gym that was renting a John. And so there was some identity issues back in the bodybuilding days. I think yeah. you could probably see it on YouTube and social media where I just was trying to find my way, I think back then and uh that's why i always say like i'm so glad god killed me at the zoo like i'm so glad that i dropped at the zoo in 2016 and came back to life 16 minutes later because it yeah. changed everything it, it it did so i think that um you know the, the affiliate gyms for Ad team Ad uh, attitude nation gyms didn't go as i thought um i mean you know look things go but where do they go yeah uh you know, the only thing looking back that like really took off, you know, I mean, the podcast is still here. Yeah. The UF was highly successful. Seminars were as well. But, you know, the, 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 the bodybuilding thing, that image just was a confusing time in my life. Yeah. Um, and, so, and so was the gym, owning the gym in Charlotte. You know, there just was things where you think it's going to go. You put a lot of effort into it, but... You know, I think uh, I think it's okay, Edal, to say, not right now. Yeah, you know, this is this is not where I need to be. This is not what I need to be doing. Maybe later. Yeah, maybe later. But right now in life, the answer is no. Yeah. You know, so I, I think that we all have that identity issue at times where. We're trying to find out who we are. We're trying to figure out what path to be on. You know, um, you're trying to be happy with yourself, but also in this in the spotlight, you're also trying to kind of please people um, at the same time, and th and that's always a dangerous mixture. You know, you should care about people, but at the same time, you shouldn't be trying to please people. You should be trying to do something that you love and that you believe in. That's something that's going to make you and your family happy. Yeah, and if people jump on with that then great but you shouldn't be out there trying to please you know everyone no. you know that's gonna get you in trouble mentally all right man well obviously you're having overwhelming success with your barbell club as kind of a culmination over of the last 15 years 16 years i guess um you and i talked extensively about how many athletes you were going to have and it started out at a small amount and now you're at 60, what, 68 athletes or something like that now? 80. 80? Dang. That's that's a lot. That's a lot more than what you thought you were going to have. I know that. Actually, it's with my wife, it's it's 79. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, with my wife. So. That's great, man. I'm, I'm super proud of you and where, where you've been able to take this. And, and uh, pretty much in closing thoughts here, what can we see in the future for John North? Hmm. Nothing. Nothing. You know? <laughs> just <laughs> just keep trudging on. Maybe a love, maybe a gym, maybe maybe a I just love saying that because I I have no you know, we, we, we got done talking about just all of the ideas and the adventures and the doors I went through and all of the planning I, I did back in the day and how that was kind of a double edged sword. It, it is so nice now to say just Nothing. I, you know, 
it's it's this is what it is and i Con- love it contentment love is kind of nice huh fully content with my life and with my team and i'm so happy and i'm just taking it day by day appreciating every single day you know um soaking every single day in you know back then everything moved so fast we talk about awf and bodybuilding and traveling the world and team usa and you know youtube blowing up and you know social media and money and just you know going to all these schools i that's something i I don't talk about a lot it's going to all these different schools and speaking i did a ton of those and yeah holy smokes and i just never had time to reflect i never had time to just take it in and appreciate it because it was always on to the next yeah and a lot that's my own fault because my mind is always spinning and i'm just like next 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 yeah we're now every single day i just embrace it I take it in. It's day by day. And Team Attitude Nation Barbell Club is the only thing that I care about, you know, besides obviously family. So, um, you know, God and family. But God is is the list. It's not God is not on my list. Everything is God um, in that asset aspect. So, you know, my point is, yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, just grow, grow the team. Yeah. Create. You know, have my athletes succeed, reach their goals and beyond, have my athletes PR, show up to meets and put on great performances and, you know, um, continue getting my athletes stronger uh, is a huge goal of mine day by day. But also just I want my athletes to enjoy weightlifting. Yeah. I want to make this statement here because, you know, something that happened to me is when I left Muscle Driver even toward the end of muscle driver is, is weightlifting was not fun anymore. Weightlifting kind of turned into, to almost work to more of a show to, you know, keeping up with this, tr- this attitude nation train that was moving that, that, that was created. Yeah. And it just turned into something that wasn't fun. Yeah. And now going all the way back to my roots and going back to basics you know, weightlifting, coaching it and doing it is, is fun. And I want my athletes to, to always be reminded of that. Like, Hey guys, this is fun. This is something that we enjoy doing. Yes. We're nervous. Yes. We have meats upon us. Yes. We must attack the bar and get PRs and do meets and go through the dark days of training. Like I get it, but that's the rodeo of weightlifting and it's fun. Yes, sir. You know, and that's something that changed in my life was just losing the fun for weightlifting. And so I want my athletes to constantly be reminded of that. So, but yeah, I, no plans. You're right, though. Maybe a barbell, uh, a brick and mortar gym out here. Yes, me and you are putting on an annual competition uh, in July, June out here in Texas. And, you know, we'll get that venue plugged. But uh, yeah, I mean, just nothing, Edal, just family, God weightlifting just nothing i mean i have no plans man i'm just content that was exactly what i wanted to hear john is just contentment in life and in 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 your journey at times is good for a while you need to be able to be happy with where you're at and and not constantly be pushing and driving i mean your your love right now is in your family and in your friends and in your athletes and providing your athletes what they need to succeed and uh that's really all that all you need to be doing right now, especially with everything that you've gone through and, and the paths that you've gone down in the past. There mm-hmm. is one more question I got for you, man. And I, I've never asked you this question. 
before. Um, will you ever write another book? I think there's one brewing. Well, so Bud Pierce on the team has been writing a blog, and it's the most amazing blog in the world, and he's so talented at writing. And I, it's whispering in my, my soul to, to start writing again. And I even made an announcement the other day I was going to start writing, and I haven't yet. So <laughs> I, I didn't want to purposely lie to my team, but I, I had all the intention to write, but then I sat down in front of a computer and stared at it for an hour, and nothing came out. So I want to write again. Yes, I'd love to publish another book. The Attitude Nation book, the Dark Orchestra book, sold so well, and it's humbling to see um, it sell around the world like it did and to hear the feedback on it. So it was amazing. And just the fact that I was able to help some people out there with the yeah. book was 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 all worth it. Um, I just, being happy, I can't write being happy. And I'm, I'm struggling <laughs> You know, back in the day, I was depressed and sad and angry and chip on the shoulder. And it was very easy to write back then. But now it's a little different because I'm a different person in a way. So I got to find kind of my lane and my mindset and kind of what I want my new blog to be about and kind of mm -hmm. the direction of it. But I feel like once I find that, then I would absolutely – I know that once I post my first blog, my, my first art, my first piece of writing – I, I know that it's gonna go from there. Yeah, I, I know you just putting like four or five out per week, and all of a sudden, like a year later, I can take them all and put a book together. So I, I think I'd like to do that. Yeah, no, that's great to hear, man. I know we talked about how it's hard for you to write when you're when you're happy, and I imagine it's it's that way for a lot of people, a lot of authors. Um, but I can't wait to see what what you have coming out next. Now you said you had a couple seminars coming up, a, a training camp, both. I, both of them are in Florida, correct? Yeah, we have the Element 26 weightlifting camp that I'm uh, leading uh, as far as uh, um, coaching mm -hmm. there. Uh, what's the date on that? I need to pull up my, <laughs> I need to pull up my website, but uh, I think it's January. January, November. There's one in October, right? The You and Donnie are doing the one in October? No, no. Well, me and Donnie have nothing planned as of right now. Oh. Um, but we got the Element 26 camp at Freedom Weightlifting in Palm Beach. Where can people go to sign up for that if they want to? Weightlifting.com. Yeah, Do weightlifting.com? No, freedomweightlifting.com. Okay. It's through their site. Yeah, just go to at Freedom Weightlifting on Instagram. Rod and Llama, Freedom Weightlifting. Yeah, just reach out to them. It's on their site, and you can register. It's I think it's 175 bucks. It's a two-day camp. Element 26 is giving out free belts, and we're just going to have a great time. Awesome. It's awesome. So, yeah, that's it, really. I know Ashley Purple, we got to do a seminar out at her gym in Boston. We got to connect on that again. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, man, that's pretty much it. Nothing really to plug. I, and that's another thing. Pfft, gosh, it's so nice not to plug things anymore. Like, I know, right? Back in the day, I, I watched some of my old videos on YouTube. It's like, it's like two minutes of the intro is just plugs. I'm like, oh my gosh. Smokes, <laughs> John. Like, can I watch the video? It's like discount code, discount code, discount code, discount code. Oh my gosh. You know, you know, the fact that I have, and, and look, I can have sponsors. Don't get me wrong. I could have 10 sponsors right now, but I choose not to. I choose not to. I, I, 
Element 26 was a giant decision for me. I told my yeah. wife, not to sound cool here, like, oh, John can get any, any sponsor he wants. But, I mean, I really could. And when Element 26 reached out to me, I had to have a big conversation with my wife, like, holy smokes, life without sponsorships is amazing. Do I really want this? And after talking with you know, Phil and Jason and the fact that they're really trying to tap into the world of weightlifting and yeah, you know, it's a belt company. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? There was something inside of me that said, let's do it. Just not having anything to plug. Amazing thing. That's great. You know? And I don't plug the team. I don't sit here and constantly, oh, join my team, join my team. You don't see that. No. You know, I love the team. If nobody wants, to, nobody else wants to join my team, that's fine. That's okay with me. You know, I have I have 80 athletes who I love dearly. Fine with me. That's great, man. Next seminar, sorry, training camp in Florida at uh, Freedom Weightlifting, Dark Orchestra book. Find it on Amazon yeah. and and your uh, your guys's website, doweightlifting.com. dot com. It was great chatting with you, man. Thank you so much. Hey, congrats on the new show, Edal. I'm very excited for all your future guests and for the future shows, man. It's a it's a great honor to be the first guest on here. Thank you. It was an honor to have you. Wow, guys, what a great episode. Had a great time talking to John. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If so, go ahead and give us a like and a subscribe. Uh, we'll be putting out episodes as fast as we can. Fresh interviews, fresh content. Go ahead and give us a follow on Instagram at PFRS. That's P period, F period, R period, S period. And we'll see you on the next one.